By a nearly unanimous vote in June, state lawmakers approved legislation addressing the right of intellectual property creators with an intent to spur additional innovation outside the office. For more on the ramifications of this measure, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by the measure's assembly sponsor, Manhattan Democrat Alex Boris. Welcome to the show, Assemblymember. Thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. So what are the types of situations that you're looking to address by adding a a new section to the state's labor law? Employers have taken an expansive view into the rights that they can enforce over their employees. And so the standard labor contract in the tech industry and in many other industries for a number of years has said that anything that an employee invents while employed by the company belongs to the company. And obviously, you know, if you're doing something on the job or directly related to your work or using an employer's resources, that makes perfect sense. But the clauses were written so broadly that if you wrote a novel on the weekends, your tech company might own that. It just made no sense. And it wasn't that frequently enforced, but there was a chilling effect on employees even starting new side projects or other ideas that eventually could become the next companies and and push the economy forward. Well, when you think about the future implications for something like this, are you trying to protect, say, an idea that might result in competition to an employee's employer? Or are you primarily thinking of things that are not tangentially related to what a person's day job might be, like that example of someone writing a novel in their off hours? Right. It's it's more the novel situation. Um, so if what you're trying to claim property over is directly related to your job, the company can still put a claim on that. Um, so it's not necessarily the things that compete with that company itself, but it might be, you know, the next startup that's in a different field um, that you could start working on in your spare time, but you're worried about doing that because you think your current company could claim all of it. Uh, And that's why it was actually endorsed by two of the big industry groups that represent the tech industry, CCIA and TechNet, because they view it as a pro-innovation bill for the New York economy. Well, we've been talking about this legislation primarily through the lens of the tech industry. So is this primarily for someone working in high tech, someone who spends their day developing semiconductor chips or trying to come up with the next uh, AI uh, platform? Or could this also be for someone who's working a fryer at a fast food restaurant from nine to five? Everyone is protected by this bill. Those clauses happen to be more common in the tech industry, but it's not limited to specific industries. Every New Yorker now has this protection. Well, is there an expectation right now that uh, people are operating under these types of contracts and might not know it? Or is this the case that people are aware of these clauses when they sign up for certain jobs? I think there's a range. Some people uh, are unaware and they discover it when they first look at their contract. There was actually a representative for one tech company, which I won't name, uh, who I was talking to about this bill while we were trying to pass it. And she said, oh, wait, I need to check my contract. I don't know if that's in there. So that that is definitely a situation. Um, but it is also one that many people are aware of. So I had this idea long before I was actually in office um, because it was in every contract that I ever signed, every contract that my wife ever signed works in the tech industry, and many of our friends as well. And especially when you think of young mobile tech workers, it can be a reason why people choose to settle in New York versus other states. 
California has had these exact protections on their books since 2011. And I've had friends that have chosen to go work in California primarily for this reason. Well, in order for an employee to attain sole rights to an idea created off the clock, so to speak, under your legislation, they can't have used their employer's equipment, supplies, facilities, or trade secrets. But let's take supplies, for example. I have a company laptop that I use at home for personal purposes. Recently booked a trip to Mexico using my laptop. Thank you, WCNY. But if I type up you know, my next great idea for a new radio show at home on this computer, would my employer have a legitimate stake in that idea under your law? They may. Uh, and, and I am not myself a lawyer, uh, and I would uh, advise you to, to seek counsel on an issue like that. But this law would not explicitly protect the behavior if you're doing it on an employer's laptop. Um, that would depend on the employer's policies. Uh, and ultimately, if they really tried to enforce, it might end up in court uh, and the court would have its own say. I don't know that definitively it would go one way or the other. Uh, but this law is providing that explicit protection if you do it completely on your own. Is your expectation, though, that because something like a laptop, if used solely as like a writing device, almost like a, a notepad that you might have taken from the office, has such a de minimis role in the idea creation that, and again, I know you're not a lawyer, that in a court of law, your rights to said idea would probably be protected? It, they may or they may not be. I, I really wouldn't uh, want to speculate there because it could go in either way, and it would probably depend on on the judge and the specifics of the case there. Um, but my advice would be to use a personal uh, device. Is there any free legal advice that you would like to give to listeners while we've got you? <laughs> um, read the fine print, I think, is, uh, is where I'll go. It's where you can find some really weird clauses and contracts uh, such uh, as this one, which this bill is trying to address. Well, returning then to, to this bill, does it matter where an idea germinates from? If I get the spark for something while kicking around the office water cooler or whatever people congregate at in today's current office environments, but I don't actually develop the idea until I'm off the clock, what would that mean for ownership of an idea? If you've talked about it with colleagues, but it wasn't directly related to your job and it's not using trade secrets, I think that would be the be protected here. I, I think there's a difference if you're talking about sports scores at the water cooler and then decide to build an app about sports, or if you're talking about your actual job and it starts to border on trade secrets. I'll also say that this has been on the books in California since 2011. And now I think, you know, seven or eight other states besides New York have something similar to this. And we've seen very few, if any, of the disputes that go forward. It's normally much more clear in practice than, than perhaps in theory. And the biggest impact has really been eliminating the chilling effect on employees even starting to do it. Employers don't tend to enforce this clause that frequently. They really tend to do it when they feel threatened, but they always could. Well, we've been talking about inventions created on someone's own time, but what about ideas generated when on the clock? Does the state have a vested interest in ensuring that an individual retains some rights or some ownership of their ideas that they might create on the clock, no, no matter what sort of arrangements they might have already struck with their employers. I know this isn't what your bill addresses, but it's a kind of a linked issue, something similar in terms of ownership of ideas. And what do you think about that sort of premise? 
It's an interesting idea. Um, you know, I uh, am generally a very pro-worker and pro-labor person. And so finding ways to have workers retain their rights to what they develop is an important thing. If you strengthen that too much, you start providing an incentive for businesses that do a lot of knowledge work to be in other states where they know they're going to be protected. You know, you don't want to have the idea of an invention tied up in litigation and unable to be used. That doesn't help innovation in any sense. You want there to be clear ownership rights of any of these ideas. And so if it's directly related to a thing a company's doing and they're paying you for doing it, there's a pretty reasonable claim that because they've paid you and if you've agreed to it, they have the right to what you've done on the clock, which is obviously very different from what you do off the clock. Well, we've been speaking with Assemblymember Alex Boris. He is a Manhattan Democrat. Assemblymember, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for the time, David. And shortly after our conversation, Governor Hochul signed Assemblymember Alex Boris's legislation. And for more Capitol Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. Support for Capital Press Room provided by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation. Communities across the Empire State have stories to tell. A roadside marker funded by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation can help your town or city educate the public, encourage pride of place, and promote local tourism. More about the Pomeroy Foundation's New York State Historic Marker Grant Program for 501c3 organizations, nonprofit academic institutions, and local state and federal government entities at wgpfoundation.org.